are in the middle of a uh, series at the moment called Simple Gospel. So if you've been around for more than a week or so, you would have uh, heard the last couple of preachers. So Mike preached in week one and he spoke in an amazing message about just what the gospel is. He he actually told a beautiful story um, of the gospel, of talking about uh, how Jesus, you know, before Jesus came around, say the hundreds of years before, and and how God set that up. Um, And then Jesus came, and and he died, and he rose again, and how that actually affects our lives. And he just told it in an absolutely beautiful way. And I just encourage you, the podcast for that is going to be up Um, in a couple of weeks, and I encourage you to just have a listen to that because it was absolutely beautiful. And Dan Beasy, um, one of the pastors from around here, came and blessed us and spoke to us and preached about um, not to worry, how that when we know the gospel, we know how much Jesus loves us and how much what what he's done for us, we actually don't need to worry. And so um, it's just been an awesome couple of weeks, and so I'm very excited to come and speak to you today. I uh, get the privilege of talking about evangelism. Yes. I know, no one says yes to that, right? Everyone just kind of scrams in their seat like, uh-oh, what's she going to say about evangelism? But I love evangelism. I, um, I actually think it's beautiful, and hopefully by the end of this, you guys won't be squirming so much in your seat when you hear the word evangelism. Um, I've actually... I've done evangelism well sometimes, I think, but I've done it pretty badly sometimes too. I actually remember when I was a little kid that I went and I decided to tell my friends at school that if they didn't believe in Jesus, that they were going to go to hell. So my first point is don't go and do that. Um, That's not the best way to evangelize. I'm possibly telling everyone they're going to go to hell if they don't believe in Jesus, especially as a seven-year-old. It's probably not going to work. So that's my first point. If you get nothing else out of it, at least you got that. It's great. Um... So I heard it actually put absolutely beautifully the other day when someone said, Jesus doesn't say, here's the truth, go and do it. No, he says, I am the truth, follow me. Isn't that beautiful to know that uh, we don't have a God who says, go out and do it. He says, no, follow me, I am the truth, I am the way, I've given you all the ideas. So we're going to kind of explore that a little bit today. Um, We're going to pull up the scripture. So if you've got your Bibles there or your phones, whatever, pull it up because we're going to go through the scripture a little bit bit tonight. So we're looking at Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And it should come up behind us if you don't have it up there, but I'd love you to pull out your Bibles. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, and to the very end of the age. So Jesus here, he's actually talking to his disciples. So uh, disciples are the people that walked with him, that learned from him, and um, just before he goes back up to heaven, he actually sends them out. And so he gives them this, this message about going out and making disciples. And the first point that I want to take from this is that Jesus actually, when he, said, when he grabbed his disciples, he actually sent them off in pairs. So he said, I want you to go out and share the gospel all over the world. And he sent them to different places. And if you want to know where they are, you can ask the theologian, Mike. But he sent them out in pairs. And um, my first point is that when it comes to evangelism and talking about God, with his first disciples, he sent them out in pairs. He didn't make them do it alone. 
And I think sometimes when we hear the word evangelism, we think, oh gosh, it's all up to me. It's all up to me to save my best mate, or it's all up to me to be the only one that's going to speak into that person's life. And maybe there are times in this, in this life where um, God might use you directly to speak to someone and they might give their life to Christ. But most of the time, when we're talking about sharing the gospel, you have a part to play in the bigger story. So it's not just one person who brings someone to Christ. It's not, someone, not just one person who needs to tell people about Jesus, but it's all of us. And so I think, firstly, let's take the pressure off you, okay? You don't have to be the only one that's going to tell someone about Jesus. But that doesn't negate your part. So um, I am here to tell you that we do need to share the good news of Jesus. And I'll talk a little bit about why and, and how we can do that in a little bit. But God has placed you somewhere, somewhere, whether it's your workplace, whether it's uni, whether it's here at this church, whether it's uh, in your schools, wherever it is, God's placed you somewhere. And he's called you to share the gospel where he's placed you. For some of you, he may call you overseas to do mission trips, but for most of you here, it's going to be the person that you see as you're walking down the street that Jesus actually wants you to share the gospel with. It's actually the Holy Spirit's power to convert people, not ours. It's the Holy Spirit's power, but it's our job to share the gospel. And it's actually a privilege to do that. God was talking to me about this message, and yesterday I went down to Coles, just up the road here, and as I drove in, I was just praying and I said, God, like, you know, what is it, you know, you're saying? And, and I was just praying over today. And I felt him remind me that I want you to share the gospel with the people that I put right in front of you. And I pulled my car up and not a word of a lie, I looked up and I saw a girl that I work on films with who I haven't seen for months, just right there in front of me pulling up her trolley. And I was like, whoa, okay, God, I get it. And so I jumped out of my car and I ran and like I ran kind of, like around so she wouldn't see me running because I wanted to catch her, but I didn't want her to see me running because that would be weird and awkward. Um, and caught up with her, kind of slowed down and walked around the corner and, and she um, was going up the door and she turned around and she goes, oh, hey, Jen. And I'm like, hey, Carly. And it was really interesting. Like I, t I didn't share the gospel with her right then and there, but I did develop a relationship. And the first point in evangelism is that God works through relationships so much. So much more than um, a random person you'll see on the street. Well, that does happen, sure. And if God tells you to go tell that person about Jesus, go and do it. It's the best thing they'll ever hear. Um, but Jesus works through relationships. And so, I, you know, I had a chat with her. We worked out she actually lives pretty close to me. We just developed a bit more of a friendship. And who knows what God's going to do? I don't know. But I was faithful when God said, here's somebody in front of you. And that's what he calls us to do. So when I talk about uh, evangelism in relationships... I'm not friends with my friends so they can be converted. I'm friends with my friends because I love them, because I want to hang out with them, because they're good people, most of them. No, they all are good people. They're just joking. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not their friend so I can convert them. Like, I do believe that the best thing you can do is be in a relationship with Jesus. So I live my life like that. So I, my, all my friends know that I have a faith. I don't quietly go and go, oh, yeah, I went to church on Sunday. No, I, go, I went to church. I go to the best church, you know, and I really think I do. I love this church. I absolutely love this church. I love the people in this church, and so I celebrate that, and I love my Jesus, so I celebrate that. And so all my friends, they know exactly where, they, where I stand. I don't hide it. I'm not afraid of the gospel, um, but I don't shove it down their throat either. 
So we have de- developed relationships. And I have, I've got a bunch of um, friends who don't know Jesus. And I find, they find it funny. They all are determined that they're going to get me drunk. That's their thing. I know it sounds stupid, but that's their thing. They're like, yep, we're going to take you out drinking or whatever else. And, you know, I just laugh. And I know they're not being serious because they know who I am. But I love that they actually know my morals. So they make a joke about it because they actually know who I am and they know what I stand for and what's actually first in my life. So they could joke about it and we have a great time and, you know, we hang out and it's all good. But um, it, just, it just hit me that they actually know who I am. I'm, I'm real with them. I am who I am and they're okay with that and they actually love me for that. And my friend, um, one, of my, one of my great, great friends, she came up to me once and we'd been friends for maybe a couple of months and she said, you and Mike... You're the first Christians I've ever met that aren't weird or boring. (laughs) And I was like, what a compliment to just be, what a huge compliment. You know what? Like, we don't have to be weird. We can actually be pretty normal and fun and enjoy life. And that's kind of who we're meant to be. Oh, dear. So I was going to show you a clip. I'm not going to show it to you tonight. But there's a movie um, called Harry Met Sally. I don't know if many of you guys have heard of that. It's pretty old. Um, But... There's an iconic scene, and if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. There's an iconic scene where she's um, in the diner. Those that are giggling totally get it. Um, and she's in the diner, and she's just a kind of ex- explaining something. I'm going to let you Google it. You can go and Google it if you want. Um, but she is kind of, she's doing something very passionately, and she's excited. And at the very end of this scene, the lady, this lady turns around from her seat, and she goes, I'll have what she's having. And it's just, and they made Kellogg's commercials out of it and everything. It was super famous at one time. Um, But I would love it if we were Christians that other people said that about. I'll have what she's having. Isn't her life exciting? Isn't her life glorious? Isn't there something different about her? I just love that line. I think I want to edge that as like my motto. I'll have what she's having. That's how I want to live. So we're going to talk about sharing the good news a little bit more. Um, And we'll get into that in a little bit. But I want to talk a little bit about having a joy in a deep relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants you to be in the world, but not of the world. So if you know Jesus and you declare him with your mouth and you, you you believe that he is Lord, he wants you to be in the world. He wants you to be around your friends. He doesn't want you just to have Christian friends. But he doesn't want you to be of the world either, because you are different in a totally good way. You can be different and not weird, all right? You can do that. I believe in you. (laughs) But it's my job to be who God's created me to be. It's my job to ask, to answer questions when your friends or when my friends ask me and that kind of thing. But it's God's job. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convert people. And I think it's very important that when we go out and we share the gospel, that we don't look down on people, but maybe aren't living life in the way we would think they should live. Because a lot of them don't know the gospel. A lot of them don't know the truth and hope and love of Jesus Christ. And so can I encourage you, be their mates, be their friends, but don't look down on them. The second part I want to kind of talk about is, it says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus wants us to not only share the gospel, but to share it to the full extent where people stop just believing it in their heads and believe it in their hearts. And then the, uh, the outward working of that is baptism. So they say, if you believe 
in your, in your heart and you declare that Jesus is Lord, then the next step is to declare that in baptism, to show who you are in Christ. And so conversion isn't the goal when it comes to evangelism and discipleship, okay? Conversion isn't the goal. Sharing the faith so people can have a transformed life through the power of the Holy Spirit is the goal. So how do we do this practically, right? I'm all about practical. Well, firstly, when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, their lives are transformed, but they're not completely different straight away. They don't completely know everything. So part of discipleship is walking with people. It's walking through life. When someone gives their life to Christ, they don't instantly know what the Bible says about stuff. They don't instantly um, understand everything that maybe you understand because you've known Jesus for a bit longer or something like that. So walk with people. It's really important. Jesus sent his disciples out to go out into the world and to disciple. And discipling takes time. I like to think about it like if if you're a smoker and you go to quit, there are very few people in the world that just quit, right, cold turkey. There are some, and, and, and they're very, very strong-willed people. But most people, it takes, you know, accountability. It takes effort. And, and for some people, it takes patches, right? So I like to think about it like that. For some of us, we will come into the building, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and our lives will be transformed, and that's amazing. But for a lot of us, it's a process, and it's a walk. And part of discipleship is making the decision to walk alongside somebody as they discover who Jesus is. And that's okay. We are all in different spaces. That's okay. Mark 1, verse 14 to 15 says, Now after John was put in prison, which is one of the disciples, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Oh dear, that sounds like some of those street preachers, doesn't it? Repent and believe. You've all heard that? No, you've never been on Rondo Mall? Okay, I'll leave that one. Hopefully, don't go down Rondo Mall. Um, No, it's fine, you can do that. Um, The truth is though, repentance doesn't come because somebody yells at you to repent, right? If someone yells at you and says, you're going to hell, it's not going to work. It's not, that's not how the gospel works. That's not how Jesus works. In this church, you are accepted and you are loved exactly as you are, mistakes, blemishes and all. The truth is though, Jesus loves you so much, so, so very much, but he doesn't want to leave you there. He died so you can be free, not caught up in sin. Sin doesn't bring life. Jesus does. When we come on our knees before Jesus, we see what sin does to us. Sin is, is, is not, it's not even an action that hurts us, but it's something that keeps us from an intimate relationship with Jesus. And that's why, friends, that We are not going to judge you and you can come here and you can live your life and we're going to welcome you here and we're going to encourage you and we're going to hopefully see the Holy Spirit uh, move in your life. But the truth is that when we're living in sin, we miss out on the relationship and the intimate relationship with Jesus that we can have. Hear me right now. Jesus does not come to condemn you. 
and neither does the church. Some of you may have experienced that in the life, and I'm sorry if you have, but that is not what the church has come here to do. We are a future-focused church, though. We're not here to condemn you about your past mistakes, but we're here to help you find your future you in Christ. Jesus comes to set you free. And trust me when I say this, freedom does not come at the end of a bottle. Freedom comes when we see Jesus, like Je- we can see ourselves, sorry, like Jesus sees us. When we see how much Jesus loves us, that's when we see real freedom in our life. Point number three, Jesus says at the start of the very, very start of the verse, all authority has been given to me. So when Jesus sends you out to share the gospel, to share the good news, he doesn't send you out on your own. He actually sends you out with him and in his authority. What a privilege to know that we have the authority of Jesus Christ. So if you're an extrovert like me or you're an introvert like, I don't know, whoever, just know, I'm sure there are introverts in the room, there's probably plenty, um, just know that you don't go it alone. Okay, you don't. You don't have to go out and share the gospel alone. And we actually have more power in us than in, the, than in the world. So we can actually walk with our heads up and share the gospel to other people because we have the authority of Jesus Christ and that is so powerful. And Jesus says that he's not leaving us until the end. So if you ever think that Jesus has walked away from you, he has not. I was talking to someone just the other day and I said, they said, I, I just can't see Jesus. And I said, you've just turned your back on Jesus. And do you know what? He's just jumping over and he's going to stand right there so you see him. Because Jesus never leaves you. He never leaves you. And he always gives us what we need to do what we're called to do. Always. I've been a Christian for 30 years. That's a pretty long time. And I've made many mistakes in my life. And in my faith. But the one thing that has never changed is I know, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the hope that keeps me going on my bad days and Jesus is the fuel that keeps me going on my good days. There is no one like Jesus. There is no hope in this world other than Jesus. This world we are living in is so hopeless. Every day all you hear on the news is all the bad things that are happening. And Jesus is like, actually, see me? I'm hope. I'm right here. I give you a reason for living. I give you a reason to get up tomorrow. For me, it's been about falling headfirst into a relationship with Jesus. I didn't decide that I'm going to dip my toe into the water with Jesus. No, I just made a decision that I'm going to go head first into a relationship with Jesus. And some people, we need to remember that God wants you to go head first into a relationship with him. He doesn't, if you've been dipping your water, your feet, sorry, in the water, that's great. But decide to dive in. Because can I tell you, that is how you get to live a full life with Jesus. That's how you see your life transformed. That is how you find hope in depression, in anxiety, in all those things that people go through in this world that we all struggle with at some point in our lives, 
That is how we do that. When we make a decision to not just put our foot in the water, but to dive right deep into a relationship with Jesus. And I can tell you that I've never looked back. That my relationship with Jesus is more important than anything else in this world. He is the one that gives me hope and joy. When I hear about Jesus, I think some people um, tend to think that he's a good God or that he's a good person even, if you don't believe in that. But can he actually transform your life? And I just want to tell you that he can. Jesus can completely transform your life. I think sometimes we think that we're enough. And I'm here to say that, you know, you are enough, but it's not enough to not be in relationship with Jesus. It's not enough. You are special. You are amazing. But a life without Jesus is only a life half lived. And you know what? Many Christians, many Christians like us and myself included at times, haven't been acting like the I'll have what she's having Christian. You know, we're so downcast or whatever. And I just want to say that Jesus brings joy. Jesus brings hope. Jesus brings life. He really does. He absolutely transforms your life and takes you from zero to 100. He sure does. And we need more Christians who want to be, I'll have what she's having Christians, who want to live out the faith that they know in Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't come, so you have to live in bondage. He came to show you how to do friendships, how to do relationships, how to do life to the full. The good news of Jesus my friends, is that when we know Jesus, our lives are transformed and the way we live, it's different. We're different. Marriages, they were almost dead, come to life again. People that could never have kids hold miracle babies in their arms. Relationships, friendships are a powerful form of encouragement and joy. And people are filled with hope. James 14.6 says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, that indicates, guys, that we can approach the Father. And if we can approach the Father, how much more can we have a relationship with the Son, Jesus? Jesus wants you to go to him with your questions. He wants to answer them in Scripture. He wants to fill you with peace. And he wants you to have a full life. When we have this life to the full, sharing the joy and hope with Jesus is something we can't wait to do. Without understanding the relationship you can have with Jesus and what it means for your life, then sharing the gospel becomes a task, right? It's just something we have to do. And you know what? Can I just tell you? People see that fakeness a mile off. They really do. We need to see more people that are full of Jesus and it's actually just an outward an outward um, exhortation, I guess, of, of their faith, of what they believe in. Because that's, that's what transforms people's life. That's why people go, I'll have what she's having. Because you look different when you're in love with Jesus. We are a plus one church here. You heard Mike say that before. If you haven't heard that, then um, stick around. You'll hear it plenty of times. And many of us would have heard, you would have heard us say this before. But we'd love for you to have someone on your heart 
that you're thinking about that doesn't know Jesus. We'd love you to have them in your mind, have them on your heart, pray for them, encourage them, uh, invite them along to church where they can find family, where they can find hope, where they can find truth in Jesus. And I think that unless we have that joy and that hope in our lives, we're not going to want to do that. Because when you're full of the Spirit, you, you really do want to find people to tell them about Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus tonight, if you don't know Jesus tonight, let me start by saying he is worth knowing. He is worth knowing. He is worth dipping, not just dipping your foot in, but jumping all the way in on. Maybe today you need to be filled with the Spirit for the first time. Maybe you're like, you know what, Jen, I, I totally know that I should share the gospel. I totally know that I have friends, but I get, I get really nervous or, you know, I just, I just don't want to. Or can I encourage you to dive right into Jesus? To dive right in. You are here. You are, you are here for a reason. You're not here by accident. So I encourage you to do that. If you want the fullness of life that I've talked about, if you're like, you know what, Jen, I... I hear you, but I don't experience that. I don't know that. Can I encourage you tonight to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and to speak to you? Because Jesus does want to fill you. Jesus does want to give you a full life where sharing the gospel is something you just do. It's just who you are. People just know Jesus in you. So I'm going to finish up. But can I encourage you? that Jesus wants to transform your life and Jesus wants to see you in into a deep relationship with him.